In a news report from ABC News, there are reports from Father's Day weekend of 2020. More than 100 people were shot over Father's Day weekend, including at least 12 minors, five of whom died, according to data maintained by the Chicago Sun-Times. Jason Francis, 17 years old, and Charles Riley, 16 years old, were fatally shot that Saturday evening in South Chicago, according to police. About an hour later, Mecca James, three years old, was fatally shot while sitting in the backseat of his father's car in Austin. Amariah Jones, 13 years old, was fatally shot inside her South Austin home while showing her mother a TikTok dance, according to family. Michael Ike, 15 years old, was fatally shot in Smith Park. That Monday, another three-year-old girl was also shot in Chicago Lawn. My name is Haley Worrell, and here today with me is Samantha, Jillian, Victor, and Evelyn, who are here to discuss how low-income neighborhoods have a rise of gun violence, the causes, solutions, and organizations that help those affected. We are the Pew Pew Crew. So first off, to begin this discussion, I'm going to direct the first question to Evelyn. I'm going to start broad, and then we can get a little bit more in depth as we go further into the discussion. So broadly, can you tell me a little bit more about gun violence in low-income neighborhoods? Why is it more prevalent in poverty areas? Well, the first thing that I'd like to say to answer this question would be that low-income communities are associated with high crime rates. This is due to the fact that there are not many high-paying jobs, educational opportunities, and other great resources. Due to the lack of resources, many individuals in low-income communities have no choice but to resort to crimes to pay the bills. There is a whole other avenue of thought that also brings the idea that these communities are negatively impacted and have been negatively impacted for a while. In the low-income communities of today that experience high violence, there has not been much change to the area or much new development and it has been this way for a long time. Because we as a society do not fund change for these heavily discriminated communities, these low-income communities are often left in the past. And such is the fact that they have been left in a very uneven playing field to reach success that a middle and upper class family is born with. That introduces the need to sell drugs, for example, in order to make it or bring food home. Because they do not have the resources that other communities or higher tax bracket communities have to achieve success, such as sending their kids to college, 
These areas of low poverty are often crowded with gangs, drug dealers, which can lead or which leads to gun violence, not only between the members of the gangs and dealers and users, but for the whole community. We can call that community violence. The whole community is affected. Thank you for that, Evelyn. That makes a lot of sense. You offered some great opening insight that we will talk a little bit more in depth about later. Jillian, next question goes to you. Before we start going into the deeper issues, what are some different frameworks we could use to reduce gun violence in low-income communities that we can think about while we dive deeper into the issues of gun violence? Thank you for that, Evelyn. That makes a lot of sense. You offered some great opening insight that we will talk a little bit more in depth about later. Jillian, next question goes to you. Before we start going into the deeper issues, what are some different frameworks we could use to reduce gun violence in low-income communities that we can think about while we dive deeper into the issues of gun violence? Jillian, those are some great ideas to start us out. I want to get a little bit more in-depth now, so my next question is to Samantha. What are some gun control laws that currently exist in the United States? Jillian, those are some great ideas to start us out. I want to get a little bit more in-depth now, so my next question is to Samantha. What are some gun control laws that currently exist in the United States? Samantha, that is very interesting to know and to think about. That is a really good point. There is no way we can monitor all of the gun transactions that occur because I could easily purchase a gun if I'm not mentally stable, from my neighbor, say. Victor, the next question I have is for you, and that will lead into more in-depth conversation about the issue. How does gun violence in the United States differ from other countries? Samantha, that is very interesting to know and to think about. That is a really good point. There is no way we can monitor all of the gun transactions that occur because I could easily purchase a gun if I'm not mentally stable, from my neighbor, say. Victor, the next question I have is for you, and that will lead into more in-depth conversation about the issue. How does gun violence in the United States differ from other countries? Wow, Victor, that is incredibly sad to know about our country. Victor, can you explain some of your ideas on the ways that we can control or limit guns in low-income areas, or in general, since the United States has more mass shootings than any other advanced nation? There are many ways to control or limit guns in low-income areas, one being stricter gun control laws, by making it harder to buy a gun, it will in turn be harder to take it into a low-income area. 
Adding on by instating deeper background checks, it is less likely for criminals to possess firearms. Another option adds into the background checks, and that would be a psychological exam in order to establish that the person buying the gun at the time of purchase is mentally capable of owning a firearm without risking injury to themselves or others. Lastly, one of my biggest points would be a national database of firearms purchases and attempted purchases. As of today, it is completely legal for a citizen of a state with strict gun laws to go out of state, purchase a firearm that is legal in the state of purchase, and return home where the firearm is not legally purchasable. This tends to lead to individuals, individuals bringing those firearms into lower income communities. For example, 60% of crime guns taken by police in Chicago were purchased outside of the state of Illinois. Victor, those are some great ways that we can try and limit and control gun usage in these areas that are at high risk for gun violence. Jillian, can you explain a little bit more about what factors there are in these communities that lead to the violence to begin with? Like, what are the biggest factors as to why there's more gun violence in low-income areas? Victor, those are some great ways that we can try and limit and control gun usage in these areas that are at high risk for gun violence. Jillian, can you explain a little bit more about what factors there are in these communities that lead to the violence to begin with? Like, what are the biggest factors as to why there's more gun violence in low-income areas? There are different factors as to why gun violence is more prevalent in low-income communities, and one of those factors is the lack of resources. There are few options for housing assistance and educational opportunities. There's also a lack of access to jobs, which results in many people being unable to maintain their homes, leading to foreclosures and vacancies within the community. This has been linked to an increase in violent crimes by moving the crime to other areas where they are less likely to be caught. There is also a distrust of the government. Without fast prosecution of violent crimes, you end up with witnesses scared to testify and gangs being formed for protection. The distrust in law enforcement also has a large impact on low-income communities as it hinders the policing of violent crime areas. When there is distrust in government sources, some will decide to disregard the laws that are in place in order to protect one another. Thank you, Jillian, for those great insights into the factors that play into having more gun violence in low-income areas. Now that we can understand that, Samantha, in these areas where gun violence is prominent, what impact does that have on the individuals in the community? Thank you for that insight. To talk a little bit more in depth about one certain impact, Evelyn, what is the economic impact of gun violence in low-income communities? Thank you for that insight. To talk a little bit more in depth about one certain impact, Evelyn, what is the economic impact of gun violence in low-income communities? bring up one of the best social movements that I have found that seeks to address this problem that is so prevalent in our society today. I'm sure that you have all heard of this movement and what it does, but to me, 
One of the most prominent social movements is the March for Our Lives movement that seeks to transform gun violence and end it in general. They focus on the forces that are fueling gun violence, and then they seek for solutions to lessen those forces by demanding accountability for the industries that promote gun usage, addressing the issues within our society and the role that the government has in aiding the prevalence of those issues. That leads me to my next question that I have for Evelyn. Can you explain in a little bit more detail the March for Our Lives movement's goals and how they try and reach these goals? The March for Our Lives was born from the tragic events of the 2014 Parkland shooting, where 17 faculty and students as young as 14 were killed by 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz. The founders of March for Our Lives, which consisted of the survivors of this fatal shooting, made it their mission statement to, quote, make sure what happened to our community never happens again. They declared gun violence as an epidemic and have since been very politically active within their communities and within the nation. March for Our Lives seeks to raise gun standards of gun ownership, which is crucial for this statement. On top of seeking an effort made to raise gun standards, they want justice and accountability for gun lobbyists that push gun sales. They want to raise more publicity and awareness on gun violence within the states and wish to talk and wish for more talk and more action within improving state safety and most importantly safety within the schools. Today we have talked a lot about why gun violence happens, what factors make communities at risk for more gun violence, some movements that help fight the issues of gun violence, and what we can do to help the fight to lessen the gun violence in our country. The more that I learn about gun violence as a whole and the more stories that I hear of gun violence occurring, the more outraged I get that this topic is so controversial. Something like promoting restrictions on firearms to save citizens in our country from dying should not be controversial. Seeing our children murdered in school shootings and watching communities in our nation being overrun with gun violence should be enough to have Americans come together and bring some change. If there was more knowledge and support of the various forms of justice series that I think we could bring some more reform and action into this fight with a better chance of success. Even though it will take work, we have to be willing and to put in that work so that we can get better results. We can create a safer world for our children and our future generations. We can give the communities in poverty and the families within them a better chance of success. And we can come together and make a better world most importantly. But it has to come to the end of this podcast, so I'm going to ask for your brief final thoughts on this issue at hand. Samantha, why don't you start us off? Thank you for having us here today, Haley. As you know, we discussed a lot today about how gun violence hugely impacts our communities. 
there are many movements and things that can be done to help transform gun violence. We have all heard many stories and experienced the effects of gun violence and know that there is nothing good that comes from it. Unfortunately, it is a repetitive cycle that has gotten worse as the years have gone by. Gun violence is the leading cause of death in the United States that kills more than 38,000 people each year. This issue is rooted deep into our culture and continues to bring nothing but fear into our communities. There are many organizations that seek to stop gun violence and I encourage everyone to do their research and find one to support. Now is the time to make your voice heard. Together we can put a stop to gun violence, especially in low income areas. No, no more children, parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, doctors, lawyers, or any living soul should be taken from us because of a gun. We need to take those steps to help stop gun violence in low-income areas, and we can do this by keeping guns out of the hands of the wrong people in order to make our communities safer and shape the future of gun safety. I completely agree. Thank you for that insight and thank you for your time today. Victor, any last thoughts? Absolutely. Those are some great points. Jillian, final thoughts for you? I agree with what everyone has said already. For me, after learning more about the impact that gun violence has on low-income communities, I am shocked that more has not already been done to minimize gun violence in these areas. I do believe that we have the right tools and the knowledge to make the change. I don't think that the change has happened yet, but I'm hopeful that we will see it soon. Yes, Jillian, that is so true. I am also shocked that we haven't done very much to minimize gun violence. I mean, it's 2021 and we just haven't done enough. We see on the news all of the time, sad stories that involve gun violence. And I think it's about time that we start to fix that. Finally, Evelyn, can you close us out with your final thoughts? that gun violence is a tragic occurrence. It negatively impacts all types of communities. However, it has become prominent and it is an epidemic that rages through low-income communities. It robs them of their health, of equal income, equal opportunities, and most importantly, the lives of their children. Change will only occur once we learn to listen and respect one another. Evelyn, what a great way to end this segment. 
This is a perfect way to sum up everything that we have all discussed tonight. Gun violence is a tragedy. It is a tragedy that can be avoided, that should have been avoided long before now. As we have talked about it today, there are so many different theories of justice that we could implement as a society in order to resolve this issue. It is 2021, and we are still seeing stories of gun violence on the news. We are still seeing our children's schools being targeted, our communities being destroyed by the bullets of others. We are still seeing mass shootings everywhere we turn and every single time that we turn on the news. There is more that could have been done for the victims that have known gun violence, the communities that have been negatively affected by gun violence, and the opportunities that they were robbed of. The victims that have lost their lives to gun violence deserve better from our country. The future victims of gun violence deserve better for our country. We all deserve better from our country so that one day we can turn on the news and there will not be another story of another tragedy like the many that our country has experienced. But in order to do that, I urge everyone who is listening to please take in all of the information that we have discussed today and use that information to speak out. Donate to organizations like March for Our Lives that help aid in this fight. Participate in marches or protests in your area. Educate others who do not have the same knowledge and statistics that are needed to develop an educated opinion on how to stop gun violence. We owe it to our future, to every mother, grandmother, father, grandfather, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, and child who life has been affected or will be affected by gun violence. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Pew Pew Crew and our thoughts on the issues of gun violence in poverty areas. Listen in for next time.